you take your Bibles, turn to Acts. Acts chapter 4. Um, I don't really have a certain passage that I'm going to be focusing on. I'm going to be walking through Acts chapter 4 and 5. As you all know, um, Pastor has been preaching on Sunday nights yeah, about the life of Peter. And um, as he's been preaching, I've been looking at things, and I saw... Um, some things, and then I, my dad was talking to me. He said, hey, Jared, um, you want to preach Sunday night? I said, sure, and he's like, all right. So I thought, oh, okay, I'm, I need to get something ready, even though I'm supposed to already have something ready, but I didn't. So I was thinking about it, and then I went upstairs into my room to get something ready, and I saw something that I've written down that I thought about, and I, um, I was trying to focus on one verse, and then uh, yesterday, Brother John told me, he said, Jared, you need to, um, instead of looking at one verse, you need to expand out. You need to look at the surrounding passages, the context, and to see what else you can get. And I was like, whoa, there's a lot more stuff than I thought. And so um, if you turn Acts chapter 4, I'm not going to read both chapters. I'm just going to go right into the point. The first point that you see is the people. If you look in Acts chapter uh, 4, verse 1, it says, and as they spake unto the people, and they meaning John or Peter and John, as they spake unto the people. And then you go down into 423. It says, And being let go, they went to their own company. Company here meaning, uh, above verse 23 says, The church prays for God's help. And company meaning the church. And whenever you have a church, you have the pastor, you have the uh, assistant pastor today. But you had the pastor, and so Peter and John were leading the way, and so that's a part of the people, Peter and John. And not only did you have Peter and John, but you also had the church, um, meaning the company in verse 23. And then you also have the apostles, if you go to chapter 5, verse 12. In chapter 5, verse 12, you see the apostles. It says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. So you see the apostles there. And the reason why I mention the people in this is because that it's not just here Peter and John doing the work. Peter and John can't do the work by themselves. Of course, they need Jesus and they're depending on Jesus, but it can't just be done by two men. Who has to be behind them? You have to have the church. The church is what prays for the for the pastor. And Peter and John here is just like saying that Pastor Josh and Brother John and Brother Zach can't lead and do all the ministries of Gateway Baptist Church. You have to have the people of Gateway Baptist Church to help them. And you don't have to help them by coming here and doing it. You can help them by praying for them. You can help them by saying, hey, I was thinking about you today, and I hope you're having a good day. I was, I've been praying for you, and it'll be an encouragement. Like before, I was, whenever I was down there, Miss Jessica walked up to me and said, I'm praying for you. And I, it was a bigger encouragement than she thinks, but it encouraged me to get up here and say, all right, I need to do this for the Lord. I need to do this for Christ to be seen. Not only do you have the people, but you also have the proclaiming. If you go to chapter 4, verse 20, Peter is talking here, and uh, he's been thrown in prison. He's, been, um, he's being tried right now, and they, they've been asking him questions. In verse 20, it says, he says, For we, also meaning the people, or Peter and John, cannot but speak. There's the proclaiming. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen 
and heard. When they say we have seen and heard, they're talking about the things that Jesus has done. They're talking about the things that Jesus, that they've been able to see Jesus do, the miracles that he's done, the things that they've heard, the teaching of Jesus. They can't help. It's almost in the way that he said it. He's saying, you, got, you, you don't get it. I just, I can't stop myself. I have to talk about, tell somebody about what Jesus has done for me. Especially Peter, what Jesus did for Peter, I'm almost sure it was almost like he couldn't help herself. And it's almost like, it's, no, it is like us today. It's like what God has done for us, we shouldn't be able to hold it back. We should just want to say, hey, did you, do you know what Jesus has done for me? Do you, have you heard about what God has done for me? How he changed my life? Have you seen, have you, yeah. It's amazing what God's done for us, changing our life from what we used to be and what we are now. It's amazing that um, Pastor Josh has told me before that he um, he uh, had some nickname. I don't know what the nickname was, but it may, I see him now, and I'm like, how in the world could he be like that? He's so neat and organized. He's he's a pastor of a church, and then I always have to remind myself it's God who changes people. It's God who, because we can't make the change ourselves. We It's literally impossible for us to do our best. We can try our best in all this world to try and make a change, to try and make a difference, but you you can't do it unless you have Jesus Christ. You have the proclaiming. Also, if you go to chapter 5, verse 25, chapter 5, verse 25, it says, I thought, oh wait, then came the, yeah, I thought this was kind of funny that uh, before, in the verses before, it's talking about uh, Peter and John, how Peter and John got arrested and put in prison, and they were, they were put in prison, and they didn't mean to set them free. What happened was an angel came down, and and pastor preached on this, actually. And it says in verse 20, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And in verse 25, if you go down, it says, Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. And I thought it was kind of funny because after all those times of being beaten, you think maybe they'll learn. They thought that, but what their motive was wasn't going to stop them. They were still, after being thrown in prison, after being beaten, after being threatened, they still went out and teaching the people, preaching to the people. And I wonder if Gateway Baptist Church here, this being the people, what if we couldn't help ourselves but to talk about what God has done for us? What kind of impact could Gateway Baptist Church make in Clarksville, Tennessee? What kind of impact could the youth ministry make to other teenagers if we couldn't help ourselves but talk about what Jesus has done for us? And it doesn't even have to be the youth. It could be anybody in the church. Not only, you also can go down to 542, chapter 5, verse 42. And this is, um, I got to get this right right. My mom's been trying to tell me how to say it right. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased, ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Meaning that they weren't going to stop. They were going to keep going no matter what got in their way. And it's like what Paul said, none of these things moved me. No matter what was going to happen, no matter the beating, the threatenings, the prison that they get in, Paul with the shipwrecks, none of these things are going to move me from teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. And if Gateway Baptist Church said, no matter how much fun or how critical people are of us, no matter how mean or 
jerks that people are to us, we're still going to stand, teach, and preach Jesus Christ as Gateway Baptist Church. And I'm glad that we have a pastor who's willing to stand on the word too. Not only do you have the proclaiming, but you also have the persecutions. The persecutions. In chapter 4, verse 3. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm going back and forth. It's just the points. Chapter 4, verse 3. Um, it's the beginning of chapter 4, verse 3, how they were teaching and preaching, and the Sadducees came, and, got, and it says, and they laid hands on them, meaning they took them and put them in hold, meaning they put them in prison. This is the persecution. They were put in prison. And in 5.18, I think they were put in prison again. And Yeah, they were put in prison again in the common prison. And then in chapter 5, verse 40, this is where I'm talking about the beating. It says, And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles, here it is, and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. They were beaten. But before Peter and John and all the apostles were doing this, Jesus wanted to remind them of something. If you take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Here Jesus is talking to the disciples and actually is talking about the, per- the persecution that they're going to face. It's talking about, Jesus is talking about, I'm sorry. It's talking, Jesus is talking to the disciples saying, hey, you're going to go through persecution. John chapter 15, verse 18 says, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. So Jesus here is talking to them and saying, Hey, don't worry, because you're going to go through persecution and let you know that the world hates me before it hates you. The world hated me before it hated you. I'm going to go through persecution before you go through persecution. I'm going to have to go through all this. So whenever we get, when missionaries in foreign countries are getting persecuted for preaching the Christ, Jesus goes, I know what it's like. I know I've been there. When when missionaries are going through persecution, when people make fun of us here, oh, you're a Christian, ah, ah, you're a Christian. How could you be a Christian? Jesus is like, I know what it's like. People have made fun of me. People have persecuted me. People, I've been there. Okay, and my next point is the persistence. Oh, actually, no, I forgot. Hold on, let me go back a point. I'm sorry. There's a story that Pastor shared about persecution. I'm sorry, I messed this thing up. I'm probably confused. Um, there's a missionary, and Pastor was telling this story. He said that the missionary was in some foreign country, and he kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, from prison and out of prison, from prison, out of prison. And every time he went to prison, he would get beaten for preaching Christ. And the mission, the, a person walked up and said, when are you going to stop preaching Christ? And he looked at him and said, we'll make a deal. If I'm able to preach Christ, you're able to beat me. I wonder if somebody were to come in here, if we were to be beaten for preaching Christ, would we stand and be willing to go back to prison just for one time to be able to preach Christ? Would we be willing to go through persecution, the worst persecution people could give to us, if just for one time of sharing the gospel to somebody. It reminds me of the song, If Just One More Soul. If just one more soul were to get saved for the persecution that we're going through, it would be worth it all. But also, my next point that I went to and then went back is the persistence. The persistence. If you go to John chapter 4, or not John, back to Acts. Back to Acts chapter 4. 
and here the persistence, I'm going to point out that after the beating and after the threatening and after the persecution, they still went back. And I wonder if Gateway Baptist Church would have persistence. I'm, I keep going to Gateway Baptist Church because I wonder if Gateway, if Gateway Baptist Church actually realized what I'm trying to say or what God's trying to say, if, it, if we actually got serious about it, what God could do. The persistence in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 4, verse 21. It says, So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Verse 21, they threatened them. They said, we're going to beat you if you keep doing this. We're going to keep persecuting you. We're going to keep doing all these things if you don't stop. And they let them go. And of course, you know Peter and John, they're not going to stop. They're going to keep going back. If you go to chapter 5, verse 19, it's the same thing. Oh, wait, actually. Uh, I lost it. Chapter 19. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. I'm trying to find the verse. Yeah, verse 25. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. After being put in prison and being let go by the, ark, by the angel, they still went back and obeyed the command of the angel, obeyed the command of the Lord, and went back and preached and teach Jesus Christ. The persistence, after all that, they still had persistence. They, they still had... They still pressed on, and it also reminds me of, I, like John said, I like basketball a lot. And in training, whenever you're doing basketball, you always have to be on your tippy toes, and you're always moving like this, and you have to be persistent in defense. Defense, you always have to have your hands up when they go up for shot. It's always persistent in what you're doing. you got to keep your mind on it, have to keep going, have to keep be ready for anything that they're going to do. You have to be persistent. But I wonder if me, personally... If I got as persistent in basketball, if I got as persistent in reading my Bible, if I got as persistent in praying, if I got as persistent in begging God to talk to me in a sermon, preparing my heart before the next service, if I got persistent about it, what could God do in my life? What could God do in your life? What God could do in Gateway Baptist Church if we all got persistent as our hobbies, as our, as Jody Jenkins says, our alabaster box? What if we got that persistent? Not only do you have persistent, but this is my favorite point of all. It's in the very, or the second verse, chapter 5, verse 41. It's from the last. Chapter 5, verse 41. It's talking about, it's the last, and they departed in the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and every house, they ceased, ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. The last point is the praising. After the persecution, after the prison, after the beating, after the threatening, after whatever they went through, they kept, kept on. I think that's amazing. They kept on. But not only did they keep on, they kept on and were praising Jesus. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. I wonder if we can... If, we're rejoicing that we're counted worthy to suffer shame for Jesus Christ's name. 
um, it's it's different here because it's America. We're able to do this, and nobody people make fun of us, but we're not going to get persecuted as for right now. We're not going to, I should say. We're not going to get beaten. We're not going to get thrown in prison for teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. But if think about the missionaries who go to China, who go to all these places, who it's it's against the law to preach Christ. And people say, you know it's against the law to preach Christ in this country. You know it. And they said, yes. I wonder if they ever told themselves that even though I'm going to this country, I'm just rejoicing that I'm worthy to be able to be persecuted for his name. I'm glad that I'm worthy. I'm glad that I'm... God loved me enough to use me. If... If we ever thought of ourselves as Christ being worthy, Christ is worthy in any way, but Christ thinking that I love them enough to count them worthy. If we ever thought of ourselves that way, if we ever looked at it at that perspective, in every situation, what would what would we do different? As I said, Pastor and Brother John and Brother Zach can't run this church by themselves. They can't go on the outreach by themselves. They can't do anything themselves. So they have to have the people, which is my first point. I'm recapping all this. So they have the people. And then you also have that the proclaiming. Then you have the persecution. Are we proclaiming Jesus Christ? And then the persecution, if, it were, if we were, would we be willing to go on? Are we persistent? And are we going to be praising Jesus through all of it? Just let it think about it, meditate on it. All those things of if it were to happen, and it is happening, how would it change our lives? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the opportunity. God, I thank you for allowing Pastor and Brother John to allow me to be able to preach. Thank you for the church who's here, God, to support me. God, I pray that you just bless them for it. God, I pray that you allow this sermon to be a blessing to them, God. I pray that you just uh, be honored and glorified in everything that's said and done, God, from here on out, God. I pray that you help us to be persistent and be praising you, God. I pray for all these things in your holy, precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen.